Hello, hello, testing, testing, one, two, three, testing, testing, one, two, three. Well, hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Garano, and welcome to episode number seven of Spill the Fa, a podcast where, in this case, I'm at a friend's place, so there might be a little bit of echo because uh, I don't know about the sound issues, but I will say that I'm spinning in a chair, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Also, I want to apologize to y'all. I told you that every single Thursday, I'll be posting up a podcast. Well, right now, it is 6 p.m. on Thursday. And because of some issues with my camera and my microphone and some internet issues as well, and also because my own mental instability, I was unable to um, record a podcast either on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And therefore, the upload of this podcast is going to be late. And therefore, I apologize to you. But this is something that I love. This is something that I want to do no matter where I'm at in life, no matter where I am in life, or no matter what I'm doing in life. I want to make sure that every single week I do this podcast. It makes me happy. You have no idea. Yes, yes, there's only 30 of us consistently listening to this podcast every week, but that's fine. My beautiful people, we are in this together. We are slowly climbing up the ranks. I will say, I'm going to warn you ahead of time, I do not know if this podcast is going to be the most energetic, is it going to be, you know, uh, very hyperbolic in, in, in a way that gives you a little skippity hoppity to the grindy hoppity to the hopscotchy hoppity because to be real with you, this week has been rather tough on my mental health. Um, on Sunday, uh, on Sunday, I left my medication at a restaurant and the restaurant was closed Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And as you may or may not know, I suffer through manic depression and PTSD. It happens, you know, and my mania started kicking in. So what does that mean? That means my mind, which races a thousand miles per minute. And the emotions that are in my body, they're unable to really latch on to each other. And so I had a hard time sleeping. I had a hard time understanding my own emotions. And I had a very difficult time even just simply speaking. Unable to articulate my words. Imagine your mind is going a thousand miles per minute, right? And when you're on a manic high, you know that you are Jesus Christ himself. You know that you can look at a girl and say, give me your number. You know that when someone says, hey, what's two plus two? But of course, in an equation that's very vastly um, more advanced, you can be four, right? Everything you do is limitless. You can remember memories from the age of five and facts from the age of five till now. And then you can also project future thoughts and become almost in a way a mind reader. Then when you're on the low, you crash and you're aggressive and you're crying and you're depressed and you're in the corner and you're trying to think to yourself, why am I feeling this way? And in both in both versions, in both in the manic high and both in the manic low, it is hard to really understand and really take a step back and check yourself to figure out why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not Jonathan when it happens. I'm just saying that it's emotionally and physically exhausting whichever route I go. And so because I'm unable to talk and speak and 
you know, conjugate words together unless I really, really push myself with my brain. It was very difficult from Sunday to Wednesday to live. I pretty much got only one to two hours of sleep every of, of those days. So we're looking at maybe about two times uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, what, four days. So like eight hours of sleep in the past four days. And as much as I tried when I finally got my medication Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning, which is this morning, I put it in. It was really hard and difficult for me to even to even uh, to even think. I basically crashed and um, for like four hours of sleep, and then I decided to not decided, but then I got a new job, and so then I headed towards the job that I did. So, is that an excuse? Yes. I could have pushed myself, and so therefore I want to apologize to y'all. And I didn't. I mean, I have a bunch of notes, but I, I want to get back into this whole manic uh, depression and PTSD situation that I want to clarify. Yes, no matter if I'm high, no matter if I'm low, um, no matter if I'm high or no matter if I'm low, I want to say that I'm always being Jonathan. And when I take my medication, which is cool about it, is that I still have like little peaks of highs and little peaks of low. However, it's more controlled because I can be more aware of the triggers that make me feel sad or the triggers that uplift me. Um, and so no matter in any realm, people, people see people always think that when you have some sort of mental illness that it is somehow always negative. No, it's not negative because I learned so much from Sunday to Wednesday. I was able to, yeah, I didn't get enough sleep. And yes, um, even when I do have my medication, I still have night terrors for my PTSD. Yes, all of that is being said, but I'm able to really appreciate when I am in control. I'm really able to appreciate when I'm on that high because there's nothing like it. There's no... I mean, I've never done any any hardcore drug, but there's nothing like it. When I'm down and depressed and I can reflect on those emotions later, I can say, wow, it is in that depression. These are the memories that I was able to envision and that can be used for my creative art. And what's great about my mental health issues is this, is that, yeah, it's tougher to, to, to put a smile on. And it's tougher to say life is beautiful when you're on a low. And sometimes you have to second guess yourself to see if your manic high decision is actually even feasible, right? Sometimes it's that addiction of will I ever be going back to that high, right? But when you look at it, holistically I am so grateful that I have this and the reason being is because I am a more complex inter interesting human being I think who can empathize with someone who is going through the same thing as me and so when I find someone else who has a mental health issue or who suffers through PTSD and we come together, we're kind of like in our own little, you know, misfit type of group, which is really fun. 
And we look at each other and we're like, yeah, society always thinks that this is a very negative thing. But we look at each other and we're like, ah, we got each other's back. It's not always negative. We can have fun with it. We can laugh about it. And what's great about my mental health issue is that even if someone doesn't have like, quote, I mean, we all have mental health issues um, in some sort of way. But if someone's struggling, right, because I've had this like mental health issue all my life, in a way, I can be more empathetic to others who are struggling. And that's like a very wonderful thing. Here is an example. My ex-girlfriend, right? What I've learned throughout my time in this domestic violent household that I am in because of PTSD and my mental health issues is that I, for some reason, my body and my mind says when someone gives you advice, when you're feeling down, I, for some reason, want to push them away. When I am feeling down, all I want is a hug. All I want is someone there to be physically present with me. And so here's an example. My ex-girlfriend, I remember this. She was, she had like a very, very horrible day, very bad day. And she comes in and she begins to cry. And she's just, I need a break. Just break, like not break from the relationship. Just like, I need, I need to take a step back. She's dealing with so many different things. I, I, I don't want to explain what she was going through. And she goes in the shower and I can hear her crying and tearing up. Poor thing. And because of my past, of my mental health issues, and because of what I've gone through, and because I have this thing of like, what do I, what would I want in that situation? I don't want advice. I just want someone to, to be there physically giving me a hug. And so with my clothes on and everything, I broke through the door. I walked in the shower, and I held her tightly against my body. She said... That's one of the most romantic things I've ever done for her. I mean, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but I'm saying that people who suffer through mental health issues on a large scale, I believe are can be usually more empathetic than people who don't on a daily basis go through mental health issues. We all do. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying it's easier for someone to be in someone else's shoes when they go through different peaks of highs and lows. Does that make sense? You know? So, I don't know. One time I called my mother and I was crying because of some something that was happening in my life and I'm and I, I was complaining I'm like mom why did I have to lose all my money why did I why is this car company hurting me why am I in debt why am I in a situation where um, I feel so alone at so many moments of my life and my mother goes Jonathan you should be very lucky and fortunate you should feel kind of in a way positive that you have gone through all of this and I'm like, why? She's like, number one, well, you know, you're overcoming it slowly. And number two, when you meet someone who has gone through the same thing as you, you can be there. You can be there for them. And it kind of was like a light bulb moment. Like, oh my God, we as individuals go through 
different variations of struggle, tribulations, even successes. And no matter what it is, no matter if it's a win or a failure, we should keep that inside our hearts so that way when we see someone that goes through the same thing, be it a failure, a win, we can say, hey, I'm here for you and I can help guide you through what you're going through. That was kind of beautiful. I was like, oh, God damn it, mom. Jesus Christ, that's pretty good. Holy shit. You know? I don't know. This episode, I guess, is all about mental health issues. Um, I guess in some sort of way because Sunday to Wednesday, I like right now, I don't know if you can see it or not, but I am disheveled and I am just, just exhausted. Mentally exhausted. Physically exhausted. But... It happens. It's okay. I mean, I can definitely... I, I. There's a lot of stories that I want to definitely talk about when it comes to uh, maybe the mental health issue side of my life with the domestic violence and why do I have PTSD and, uh, you know, more so on the bipolar side and how, you know, I was diagnosed and what has happened throughout the process. But, um, you know, I don't want to go there yet. I just don't. This is only episode number seven. Why jump into it? Ow, my back. You know, this is supposed to be like a comedy podcast. Ah, and, 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 and right now, this is definitely not going towards that. Um, you know, speaking about my ex-girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, um, I know this is episode seven, maybe like episode 40 or whatever, but I remember my ex-girlfriend, I mean, one of the reasons why we broke up, she was like, we've been together for so long. And I still don't know who you are. And I've been having, you know, I've had those issues of like opening up. And this is one of the reasons why I decided to do this podcast. This is kind of like a therapy for me. Number one, I wanted to entertain people, obviously. You know, as if you listen from episode 65432, to me, uh, episode number six is hilarious. And it's fun. Um, but I think hopefully we get to a point, y'all, where... Um, I can truly open up with y'all and 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 really dive deep more into the mental health issues, you know, that have happened in my life to hopefully help someone who is, you know, go, who has gone or who is going through the same thing um, that I've gone through in my life. I don't know why, but now I kind of want to think about like my ex-girl for some reason and I haven't thought about her for quite a while actually. Um, we were together for six years and I think personally, I think I had the most romantic breakup I could ever have with her compared to any other woman that I've been with in my entire life. I mean, of course, all the other women have just either been like hookups or hookups or, I mean, there's one, there's one, like I said, there's one girl that's on my mind, but I mean, in retrospect, I'm looking since my ex and everyone else has either been a fling or a one night stand. And that's not fulfilling at all, you know? To to be able to have someone that you can chit chat with, have inside jokes with, hold hands with, you know, do something besides sex obviously. I mean, how do I put this? Yeah, I have friends that are are that are that I'm really close with and I open up with and we still laugh. But at the end of the day, 
you know, you want someone that you can have, that you can fuck. <laughs> How romantic am I? You know what I mean, right? Someone that you can be intimate with at the end of the day after you like beepity boopity and hold hands and have fun. But I'm not ready for a relationship right now. I'm getting my life together and it's a slow process, but we're, we're getting there and I'm excited. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, the most romantic breakup that I've ever had. You know, I'm going to just tell you, this is, this is kind of like this, this is the story of, of how my ex and I broke up the most romantic breakup I've ever had in my entire life. It's around 4am in the morning and she and I have been at it fighting per usual. It's just been one of those days fighting so much so that I left at like 2am and then I had this quick realization and I arrived back at her apartment at around 345 and I said, hey, I know you want to sleep, but we need to talk right now. So she sits up from her bed and she's leaning against the wall of her, of her bed. There's a little wall, so she's leaning on the wall. And I'm sitting on a stool in the middle of her bedroom. And there's silence. And then my furrow brow goes up. And I look at her. And I already know the answer. I already know the answer. I already know what she's going to say. And I say to her, do you love me? Her face goes flush. Tears begin to stream down the side of her cheeks, the inside of her nose. The foundation that she has begins to fall off. She leans against the wall and then she sinks into the wall. And through all the tears coming out of her body, she says, I loved you. I loved you, but I don't love you like I used to. And then she puts her hands against her eyes and she just breaks down. She's like, I am so sorry, Jonathan. I did not want to hurt you. I did not want to hurt you. And here she is, the love of my life. The woman that I've been with for so long. For someone that from her freshman year of college all the way to her graduation. Helping her getting a job. Here is every moment of those six years flashing Inside my head, there she was, crying, tears, breaking down. She's like, I'm so sorry. I just did not want to hurt you. I want to cry. I wanted to tear up. I wanted to be there with her right then and there, holding her tightly in tears too, because here's the love of my life, the woman that I've always loved breaking down and here at this moment because she didn't love me anymore there is no way that I could truly be there for her so the only thing that I knew to do at that moment was take her head and place it against my chest tears crying my my chest being soaked with just water poor thing the next thing you know, just to quiet it down, we have sex. Intimate, every freaking aggression, you're talking every 
anger and stress and past love and fucking and sex and uh, aggression all out in those massive like hour two hours interaction all night sweat upon sweat tears against tears bruises against bruises jesus motherfucking christ ladies and gentlemen boys and girls my beautiful people it was a lot We woke up the next morning and I began packing the things that were in a room of mine and she goes, Wait, I don't I don't wanna break up with you. I think I have different emotions and I looked at her and I said, Hey, um, that's the sex talking. I'm sorry, but you don't love me anymore and we have to do the right thing. And we have to break up. Now every single year since we've been together, uh I, we kind of like trained together to do the Nike Woman's Marathon. So, and every single year since she's doing the Nike Woman's Marathon, I would be there with her on the sidelines cheering her on as she did the Nike Woman's Marathon. However, that weekend, which was the Nike Woman's Marathon, that was the first year I did not go. And that kind of like cemented everything. So, I, I, I remember this. Um, I have all my things packed up, and we decide that our kind of like our last day would be me dropping off her at her work at 7 p.m. She's an organ donor transplant procurement, you know, placement officer, which means that she does work at night. Her shift was a uh, night shift from 7 p.m. all the way, I believe, to like 3 a.m. in the morning. And so we arrive early at 6 p.m. And I, I remember since it's November in the area of Oakland, it's dark already. And we're walking, you know, around in the parking lot before she gets in. This is kind of like the last hurrah, the last goodbye. And I say, hey, she's like, what? And I go, you know, if you look up there with the stars up there, there's the North Star. She's like, yeah. And I was reading somewhere where the North Star says that, you have to look at it like love. No matter what happens, no matter in times of distress, no matter in times of tribulations, even when you are happy, you look at it as love and you go to it. So no matter what happens, you know that you're headed together on the path of love. However, at this moment, you need to be your own North Star and I need to be my own North Star. But I do have a question. And she's like, what's the question? And I go, did you grow in our relationship? Because that's what mattered to me the most. You know? That's what matters to me the most is if in any relationship, regardless if it's a friendship relationship or if it's, in this case, a very intimate relationship or it's a family relationship, I want to make sure that the people that I'm around with, the people that are, I'm around, I somehow help with their growth. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm the oldest of seven kids. Who knows? But that's like my mentality. And so I asked her, hey, uh, did you grow in our relationship? And she looked at me and she said, are you kidding me? Everything that I am and everywhere where I'm going is because of you. 
Like, how? Like, oh my God. That's the best answer you could ever imagine. What? You know? And, um, give her a little kiss on, on the top of her forehead. And I remember as I came for the kiss, she kind of like closed her body a little bit because, you know, it was like the ending. And I think she was done with me as I was done with her. And then, um, she went to work. She went to work. And then I blocked them all on social media. Her sister, her, herself, everyone. Uh, but as I've learned from my 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 best friend who's an ex, uh, sorry, my best friend who's a girl, her exes would always like chat, chat her up and she hates that. And so I've learned just, you know, I don't want to make that mistake. I want to be a good ex. And so therefore I just blocked her on social media, social media and text everything. So, Yeah. Wait, how do we get here? Whoa, what kind of podcast is this? I mean, this is supposed to be a, a comedy story time type of podcast. Oh my gosh, my battery is running out. So if you're watching the video podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my beautiful people, just know that if it goes out, I'm going to grab a battery. I'll put it in. There's going to be probably like a blank space, but so be it. Uh, we are currently 25 minutes into the podcast. We have about maybe about 15 minutes to go. So hopefully the battery does last for 15 more minutes. You know, this podcast, if you're listening to it on a car ride, I think this with a voice and everything that's happening, uh, maybe hopefully <laughs> you're listening to this podcast while you're trying to go to sleep because that's what it seems like, right? Um, oh, by the way, we're on iTunes. My beautiful people, we're making it happen. So if you could, um, it, no matter where you're listening, if you're listening to this on the YouTube channel, there's a little link in the description below. Click on that. It goes directly to the iTunes page. If you're listening to this on Stitcher, Overcast, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening to, please, please go to the iTunes um, page and leave a review. Leave a great five-star review. Tell me why you like the podcast. Tell others why they should listen. Uh, it helps out the show a lot. So now that we're on iTunes, basically we have eight weeks, eight weeks to be to, to jump onto the new and noteworthy of the Apple podcast section, which is which is freaking awesome. All we need is 10 reviews, and I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to do it so genuinely. That's why I'm asking. I'm not going to create 10 accounts. I'm not going to even review myself. I'm just reaching out. Hopefully, y'all can um, review my beautiful people. That would be awesome. And then if we get 100 downloads of just one episode, then the probability of getting those 10 reviews plus the 100 downloads of one episode, we have a higher likelihood, a higher probability of actually being on the new and noteworthy of iTunes. And hopefully it happens. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, do you want to hear? I mean, how do I how do I turn this to be like more positive? How do I do this? By the way, I'm getting the battery right now. So if you're watching the video podcast, I have uh, left the building. Um, but sorry, I'm driving, <laughs> and my I got kind of scared because my friend scared me as I went through. Um, but anyway. What should I talk about? Where, where's my battery? Isn't it kind of funny how I'm doing a podcast right now and I'm doing I'm recording it 
There's those echoes right now. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. I'm excited. This is what I love about the podcast. It is so real. It is so genuine. It is so authentic. Things are just happening as we go. Okay, so what I'm doing right now is I'm switching the battery of the podcast right now. So uh, this, if it gets really noisy, I apologize. Um, we're doing this. We're doing this. I'm excited. Do you hear the little static? Okay, how do I change this into like a more positive vibe, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my beautiful people? You know? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, and we have, we have liftoff. Yeah, we're back. We are back. We are, we are back. We're back in business. So how do I, um, how do I twist this podcast around? You know, maybe not every episode is supposed to be high energy and hyperbolic. Maybe sometimes it's just one of these where I kind of like do a little, my little own little therapy session where I just talk in kind of like a monotone way. I don't know. Maybe I can tell you the time, how actually my, okay, I want to also be very honest with you. Breakups are tough. It took me, okay, well, I don't even know if the lighting is good or not. It took me, um, it took me, what? I think like two years because I just recently got over her. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I think two years to really get over her. And when I mean get over her, not in the aspect of wanting to get back with her, getting over in the fact that not caring what she thought of me, not caring what her family thinks of me, you know, that I think that was like the hardest part because after we broke up, I already knew that I was like, okay, I never want to get back together with her. No. Like we just didn't match in certain ways and that was a really good time of our lives and now we have to move on. But, you know, it took me quite a while to be like, okay, what would she think of me if I did X, Y, Z? This impeding uh, cloud over me and I thought to myself, okay, if I flirted with this girl or if I took this job opportunity or if... I did this action or this vice and she saw it or she heard about it. What would she think? And now I'm at a point where I just don't care. I don't care if she hates me. I don't care if she thinks about me. I don't care if she's judging me. I'm at a point where totally irrelevant, if that makes sense. I can still talk about her because, you know, it's part of my life. And I think sharing this story with y'all somehow hopefully gets you entertained or at least, you know, keeps you intrigued of my life in a way where you're like, wow, Jonathan is a complex dude. Yeah, that's right. I am. I don't like with this podcast. I don't want to do anything forced. I don't want to do anything contrived. That's the goal. That's the goal. Everything that I say comes out from the bottom of my heart and I just push it out there. So maybe, maybe what I'll do to end this, maybe I can tell you the, the how we met. That's what I'll do. I'll tell you how we met. That's how I'll end this podcast. And uh, you can get ready for episode number eight, which will definitely probably be because I'll be able to um, get back on kind of like a good sleep schedule. Well, I don't know. I rarely get sleep as you may or may not know, but at least... Um, I will be, I'm going to eat 
and uh, kind of get my body warmed up because right now I am low energy and I have a lot of uh, work that needs to be done. Uh, and I can tell you all about that, which I'm excited about, which I'm excited about. My goal in life is to be a creative storyteller till the day that I die. I want to be able to do podcasts. I want to be able to create content on the internet. I want to be able to um, create a show that's on my mind. It's about mental health, but funny. Like, can you make abortion funny? Yes. Can you make domestic violence funny? Yes. I'll tell you all about it later. I'll tell you all about it later, which is kind of fun. Um, But that's what I want to do. And so I'm trying to balance between looking for new opportunities that can pay me more money, which will also help giving me more time to do this. So for example, if I had more money and I had a good schedule, then definitely I'll be able to do a podcast with the right people because I have like a producer and an editor that that can like make sure that the podcast is uploaded on time every single Thursday. Oh, okay, so what was I doing? Oh, yes. We are ending the podcast. Ouch. Is this even recording? We'll, we'll soon find out. We'll find out at the very end. Hopefully, hopefully it is. Um, I'll tell you the story about how my girlfriend and I met. And, and hopefully it puts a little smile on your face. And then uh, you'll be on your way. So here we go. Da, 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 da. Um, here I was on the lawn sidewalk of the at UC Berkeley. That's right. I was at UC Berkeley and I was walking on the sidewalk called Sproul Hall. And I was talking to different people and different organizations, being my affable self, when suddenly from the corner of my eye, I see two identical twins. And I'm like, oh, damn, they're hella cute. I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna say hello. So I go up and I go, "Oh my God, twins!" And they stop and they look at me and we're talking. And I go to one of them and I say, "You let me guess. You are the the controlling one. You are the one that that is kind of like the 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 leader of the two. And you, you're like the compassionate one. Now I wanted to get with the first one because." Usually, I am so sorry, but there's a stereotype that if I went after that one and we end up hooking up and we don't go into a relationship, the stereotype is there would be like no hard feelings. That is a stereotype. I was really young. It happens. So uh, we say our goodbyes and they end up adding me on Facebook. Now, it's 1 a.m. in the morning. I'm on Facebook, I'm chatting away, I'm searching, doing my normal thing about being up late. I think I was trying to write like an essay for college when all of a sudden, boom, blah, 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 color, blah, 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 the, the, my ex-girlfriend, blah, 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 suddenly accepts my friendship request on Facebook. And you know when you someone adds you on Facebook, there's that little notification that says, hey, they added you as a friend and you can chat them on the Facebook Messenger? Well... Something of that nature happened. And I was like, oh, she's on. So I clicked it. I said, hello. And we started talking. And it was, it was, it was a great conversation. I don't remember what, but you know, when the conversation's flowing and the rapport is going on, there's that, there's that scene in your head or there's that interaction when everything's going well that you don't remember what was said. 
all you know is the emotions and the feelings behind it where it feels right and it feels good. And so I say to her, hey, blah, blah, blah. It is about, you know, 1.45 a.m. in the morning right now. Here's my phone number. If you want to continue this conversation, give me a call. And I log out of Facebook and I wait. Uh-huh. I wait. And about five minutes later, she calls. So we're talking from like 1.55 a.m. in the morning all the way to 3.30 a.m. in the morning. And I say, hey, listen, we've been talking for so long. If it hits 4.20, I'm going to do something crazy. And she's like, okay. So we're talking, we're talking, all of a sudden hits 420. And she's like, Jonathan, Jonathan. I'm like, yes, blah, blah, blah. What's going on? And she's like, it's 420. I'm like, hold on. I hang up the phone. I put on my bike helmet. I get on my bike and I ride to her place. I remember it. I remember it fully because she told me where she resided and I went and I arrived there. I arrived there, her dorm room. Take out my phone. I start ringing. I'm on the outside. Ring, ring, ring. It doesn't pick up. And from that frustration, I go, fuck, like really loud. Fuck, like, fuck, like really loud. Like, God damn it, Jonathan, you idiot. And she had like T-Mobile and I'm so fortunate she had T-Mobile where she was in on the, her balcony on floor number two waiting for my phone call because she needed reception and so she hears me scream the f word and she looks down kind of like romeo and juliet and she goes jonathan and i look up and i'm like blah 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 she's like hold on she gets downstairs she opens the door she's barefoot wearing shorts a white v-neck hair pulled back phone in her left hand here i was wearing a beanie I look at her, I take the phone from her left hand, I put it into my pocket, I hold her hands, I look at her, and then we kiss. Boom! Magic! Fireworks! Holy shit! Oh my god! Here we go! I'm like, oh, it's on. Maybe we can even go further. My mind's like, all right, all right, all right. I'm like, get on my bike, blah, blah, blah. You're going to go back to my place. She gets on my bike, but she doesn't know how to ride a bicycle. And she's going and she trips and she falls and she crashes into some nearby bushes. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a sign from some higher power at the time. Jesus Christ himself. I am not supposed to do anything. So I say, I got to go. I hand her phone back and I leave. What I didn't know was that she didn't have her keys. And so she was locked out of her dorm for the entire night for about 10 minutes before someone was able to you know, help her on up. So... I ride my bike back to my place, and I don't talk to her for two days. About two days later from those two days, because I didn't talk to her, I get a text message from blah, blah, blah. And she's like, hey, can I get my keychain back? And I'm like, what? See, on her phone, she had a little keychain bracelet, a little piglet one, and it got caught on, in, like, in my pocket, I guess. I didn't know that. And so I checked my pocket, and sure enough, it was there. And I'm like, yes, you can definitely get it back. Let's go on another date. So uh, we plan another date. She arrives at my place. And what we do is we end up going grocery shopping. And I decide to buy a bunch of pasta dishes like basil and garlic and olive oil and different pasta leaves, some chicken. I'm excited. We get home, and I fucking burn the pasta. I burn it. 
I burn the pasta. I remember it being so crunchy and disgusting. And a little embarrassed, I give her the keychain back. She opens the door. She's about to, to leave, and I go, wait a second. Can we try this one more time? And I take her hand, and we kiss. And boom, that started like a roller coaster of a relationship. Oh, my God, we went through so much. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, that's how I met my ex-girlfriend. I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, Jonathan, wait a second. The way that you're talking about it, the way that you talk about the breakup, the way that you talk about actually uh, meeting, you still have feelings for her. No, I. There's a lot of things that happened after the breakup, which kind of solidified the fact that we can, one, no longer be together, and two, there is no way in hell do I ever, ever want to be with her ever again. But she obviously thinks the same, too. I mean, definitely. I have no ill will with her, and hopefully she doesn't have any ill will with me, but I don't care. We're just not meant, meant to be together. But that doesn't mean that the stories that I have in my head can't be told in a way that's invigorating and full of passion and full of emotion. When you tell stories about your life and you really reflect on what has happened in the past, there is some sense of catharsis that runs through your veins. And that's what I like to do, is I like to tell these stories and, 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 and in a way, hopefully keep you engaged, but also make you learn a, a few things. I don't know what you'll learn in this in this in this story, but I think I think what I've learned through telling these stories sometimes over and over again to different people is that I'm very lucky, I could say, that these stories have happened because sometimes we over romanticize, you know, the beginnings of a relationship that kind of fogs up why the relationship isn't working. I think as the time went on through our relationship, we always fell back on the first time we met that romantic story and kind of like that first year of an emotional upwards roller coaster that we were on together. And we were always kind of trying to get back to that first year. So, but a relationship is more than just the first year. A relationship is the second, the third, the fourth, or however long it becomes. So, you know, that's a thing. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> this is one of those podcasts. It was a, a very, it was a strange one. Hyperbole wasn't really there. I wasn't... Um, wasn't quite being so hyperbolic. I, I want to thank you so much for listening. I appreciate y'all so, so much. I understand that I'm publishing this on a Friday. And um, I apologize for missing it. But it is Thursday uh, now at around 7 p.m. And I still have to go back and uh, export all the, the footage and the audio and sync everything up. So you're definitely getting this Friday morning. My beautiful people... I do not have my Gambler's Anonymous book, 
with me at all. So I, I don't know how to end this without that. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, check out the iTunes and leave a review. Tell some of your friends. We have 30 active listeners every single week. That's pretty cool. I didn't even promote this podcast yet or haven't really told anybody. And if I have, hooray. But I really haven't told anybody about this podcast, which is kind of cool. So we went from zero to 30 per week average. So uh, we're growing, my beautiful people. This is a journey. This is This is exciting. Like I said, I am falling from the top pinnacle areas of the world uh, that, like Mount Everest, I'm falling from the peak. And as I'm falling, I'm realizing that others are falling around me as well. And we're holding each other's hands and we're closing our eyes and we're screaming a little bit until wings come out of our fucking backs and then we fly upwards. I don't know. Uh, thank you so much again and have a beautiful weekend. Till next time. Bye.